Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I am your host, Amanda Farmer, and my guest this week is Stephen Brell. Stephen commenced his career at Netstrata in 1996 and has been the licensee in charge since 2001. Having more than 20 years experience in the property and strata management industry, Stephen is a licensed strata managing agent, real estate agent and registered property valuer. He has lectured on strata and community title management at TAFE New South Wales and for the Institute of Strata Title Management, now known as Strata Community Association. And at the 2021 annual general meeting, Stephen was elected the president of SCA New South Wales, replacing long-serving president Chris Duggan. In this wide-ranging chat, Stephen and I discussed just how difficult the pandemic has been for our strata managers, discussing some of the biggest challenges that his large team has faced over the last couple of years. We talk about how our strata managers can better deal with difficult clients. And from his new role as SCA president, Stephen shares what he hopes to see from the strata management profession over the next five years. Enjoy this chat with Stephen Brell. I did. I'll take you over right now. Stephen Brell, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda Farmer. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Pleasure to have you here with us. And we were just chatting off air, Stephen. I've known you for a little while now in our strata circles, but I have to say I'm not aware of how you came to be in the strata world, what your background is. Can we start there? Share a little bit about where you've come from and how you've ended up where you are today. Sure. Like a lot of people's journeys, my um, strata journey started in the property sector. So straight out of school, I um, had dreams of being the next John McGrath. So I ran off and did the uh, real estate licensing course, which back in the 90s gave you five different licenses in property. And after doing that, I got a job in real estate. So I was a property manager for a little while and then went into residential sales. Um, Quickly discovered I absolutely had no knack for residential sales. And uh, one day I saw a job in the paper for Strata Manager and I went, ah, this isn't bad. I I wouldn't mind getting, you know, another quiver in my bow. So I'll try and get my Strata license as well. And I'll be the first to admit, I didn't think Strata was going to be a career for me, but um, I got into it and absolutely fell in love with it. I really liked the job, really liked the career, and I was extremely fortunate to land with someone who I thought was a bit of a visionary in Strata, and you've got to bear in mind, this is back in the late 90s, so back then, you know, a big block of units was 18 Mm -hmm. and so forth, but um, I landed with someone who was a visionary and looked for the future, and that's really, you know, I've had my entire Strata career at one company. So I was the first employee of NetStrata mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, became managing director in 2005. So, um, yeah, it's been a fantastic journey for me. And who owned NetStrata when you started? Who was this visionary? <laughs> 
It was started by a fellow called Ted Middleton. And I remember on day one, when I came in for my interview, he said, look, I've got 15 buildings and 400 lots. I'm only small, but I plan to be big. So he basically laid out what his plan was, which was, you know, he goes, he wanted to specialise in new business, which is what we did. So we found a real niche for ourselves in the new business market. And um, we got in right at the right time. So this again, late 90s, so it was pre-Olympic boom, all of that sort of thing. And we, we rode that property boom in the early 2000s and that allowed us to grow and growing and developing our systems at the same time particularly through technology and that sort of thing it really you know they just went hand in glove so the philosophy was you know charge premium prices but provide a premium service Mm. and um, we've had that mantra now for 25 years so uh, yeah it's been really 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 good so when you say a focus on new business do you mean new developments New developments, yes. So um, we focus, you know, and it's always been our game to focus on the new development market and really offer those developer services during the initial period Mm -hmm. and then take on the management of the scheme and steer the owners through, you know, those first few early years where building defects and so forth are prominent. And we've developed a real skill and a real niche for doing it, I think. And we, you know, I'd like to think we do it pretty well. And the aim was, all those years ago, to grow. That's certainly what NetStrata has done. How big are you now, both in terms of buildings under management, staff? Yeah, it's a great question. So as we sit here in uh, February 2022, we now have 104 staff. We have four different divisions. So we've got strata management, we have an insurance broking arm, we have a maintenance division, and what a lot of people don't know, we actually also have our own software division. So um, we run our own software, which again, for us, is a real point of difference. And and I'll be honest with you, these days, that's my sort of candy land. I really love playing with the software and developing new, new products and new tools and that sort of thing. So that's where I spend a lot of my energy and focus on, on doing that. And really, that's to provide a better experience for the strata managers and in turn, a better experience for owners as well. So, yeah. so that's the software that you use to manage books and records, accounts, trust accounts yep. as well, everything? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the, the whole shooting match. So uh, yeah, that's been a really exciting journey for us. So, uh, And again, as I said, it gives us a real point of difference in the market. Mm. And are you only in New South Wales or you're around the country now? Yeah, we are only in New South Wales. So our focus is primarily New South Wales. We do have an office down in Wollongong as well, mm. but Sydney Metro is our main focus. And for us, look maintaining growth is a very, very difficult thing to do. And so for us, growing and then bringing on staff members and particularly strata managers, you know, the the training regime for a strata manager is not five minutes, you know, it's really two to three years of intense training to really develop the skills that that a manager needs to become a senior manager. And particularly with buildings now, you know, I reflect upon this a lot. When I started in Strata, it was real a real cottage industry, mm. you know, mum and dads, you know, back of real estate offices, that sort of thing. And the buildings you managed reflected that, you know, they, they were small three-storey walk-ups, that's what we had. When you look at buildings today and most of the, the modern developments, they are communities among themselves. You know, we're talking thousands of lots, very sophisticated management structures, very sophisticated building structures, security systems, fire systems, you know, the whole gamut of things in a building. And a strata manager in 2022 is expected to know how all of those systems work and obviously all the complexities that go along with running, you know, a development of that size. So, uh, and again, it's a long training period, but it's a really exciting time to be in strata at the moment, I think. Mm. I have to say, I always admire 
companies, leaders of companies that are large like yours and have huge teams. It is something that yeah. I would find just so difficult to manage that many people coming and going. Tell me this, the last couple of years with a big team like you've got there at NetStrata, it must have been difficult to deal with the pandemic and everything that that has brought. What would you say has been the biggest challenge in the context of the last two years? If you can't think of one, maybe give me your top three as a large strata management company working through these times. Yeah, look, like a lot of people, when the pandemic hit, we went straight into panic mode and batten down the hatches and all that sort of thing. But as the pandemic developed, it soon became apparent to us that there's a lot of opportunities here. And Tony Irvine at SCA often says, don't waste a crisis. And that's what we and Sue saw. So in the early days of the pandemic, learning how to do meetings over Zoom and, and people working remotely and you know all of those sort of things, that was all done in a lot of haste. But as we come out of it, I now see that these are going to be the business ways of the future. Mm. Like for us, we really want to embrace doing Zoom meetings as the main form of actually conducting meetings. And I know a lot of strata management firm and a lot of strata managers have really taken to it. And particularly for things like committee meetings and so forth, they are now so convenient to do just over Zoom. And, you know, I know a lot of strata managers are doing early in the morning, so before breakfast or during a lunchtime and that sort of thing. So it can really make managers more efficient. Mm. The working from home piece at the time was a real challenge as well. But now it's going to become the new norm. And again, I think it's something every white collar worker should really embrace, you know, the changes to the workplace and so forth. Other challenges were recruitment as well. Trying to recruit during the pandemic was a, you know, real challenge. But what we found was we were very, very fortunate in that we recruited a lot of people from outside the strata management industry, particularly from hospitality, airlines, travel, that sort of thing. Mm. And the beauty about finding these people is that customer service is inbuilt. It's in their DNA, like they just get it. So we need to train them on the technical strata skills, which I firmly believe of the two, it's far easier to train strata skills than what it is to train customer service skills. So if you can find people that have that attitude, and as I said, we've been really fortunate in that we had a few people come from hospitality, then they told their friends saying, hey, there's something going on over here called strata, you really need to get into it. Mm. Um, and so we've recruited about five or six really, really good young candidates from hospitality who are all working out you know, as fantastic strata managers at the moment. Right. So the challenges there were on board them so it was very difficult so we were hiring you know remotely we were training remotely you know in, and it's not the same training in person is far better where you can you know sort of overlook someone's shoulder and that sort of thing and you can show them in real time what's going on but they were the challenges for us but we really turned those challenges into opportunities. Mm. And I think that's a real lesson for everyone to take out of the pandemic. Yes. It's fascinating to hear that you've traveled that path of bringing on employees who were previously in hospitality and similar. It's something that I was talking about in 2020 when I ran the Shared Space Summit. I was talking to Kat Carmichael, who is in the US and she's a manager over there. She was the former president of the Community Associations Institute. So our equivalent is SCA here. And she said that's what they were looking at in the US. So I don't know if you were tuning into that at the time, Stephen, but I'm fascinated to learn that companies like yours have actually taken that path. And you've said it's working out. You've got some good managers there now. Yeah, it's been really, you know, it, it's worked. I mean, look, 
before the pandemic, we always sort of knew that, you know, if we could get someone from hospitality, that was a really good start. Mm. It Like a lot of things with the pandemic, it just accelerated, you know, all of those people. And when we got our first couple, we, you know, said, hey, you know, are you liking Australia? And they go, oh my God, we love it. You know, it's really good. It's 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 exciting. It's challenging. It's, it's changing all the time. Mm. And I think I said tongue in cheek, well, if you've got any mates or friends that want to get into Strata, let us know. And from that, you know, we recruited four or five more people. So it was, um, it was really good for us. It was a real boon. As I understand it, as an outsider looking into strata management, recruitment is one of your biggest challenges at the best of times, just finding people to serve a growing portfolio, I imagine, people to step in when others move on. Am I right? Do you find that a big burden on you as a, as a managing director day to day? Yeah, Absolutely it is. I mean, look, you have all the usual business privations that you have. But in, and in Strata, as I said, because that training piece is so long, or I think it is, you know, it, it really does take two years for a Strata manager to find their feet and develop all the skills that they need uh, to do the job properly. And then you have the normal things, you know, which, which I love, I've got to stress this, you know, you have staff members that will go on maternity leave, you know, we encourage our male Strata managers and staff to take the time, you know, there's only a certain time in your life that this is going to happen. So make sure that you enjoy it, all those sorts of things. And of course, you'll have people that need to be performance managed out and all the other usual business practices. But it is, recruitment is a huge challenge, not only for a big business, but I think for all businesses in Strata. And it's something, those words that I just said, you know, recruiting within your team, i.e. reaching out to your own network within your own office. So, hey guys, have you got anyone that wants to come on board? Mm-hmm. Strata managers and the strata management industry does and it has had a reputation for sort of cannibalizing our own. So we often will go out and just hire managers from other firms because they've got 12 months experience or they've got two years experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really protracted curve of acceleration for strata. people getting into strata can become highly paid very quick. And I don't think it does the industry any good at all mm. to have that. So on occasions, yes, we will recruit from within the industry, but we much prefer to bring outsiders in. And as I said, those people that have either the life skills or those soft skills that they've already learnt to come across and then we train them on the technical strata skills, we find, because again, being a complete strata manager in the 21st century is a really difficult job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. You're part mediator, you're part problem solver, you're an administrator, you know, you've got to get up and talk in public, you've got to, you know, have fantastic communication skills, you've got to have email management, you've got to have all these things, you've got to have budgeting and accounting and all this knowledge that you need to acquire to be a really good strata manager and those skills take time to develop. So if you can tick off a couple of those boxes immediately, so customer service and administration and you know things like that, it's a real help when you're starting your strata career. Mm. And things have been even tougher, I think, for our strata managers the last couple of years with more people in their homes than ever before for more hours of the day and you guys really are bearing the brunt of the frustration overwhelmed with requests for issues to be addressed around the property. I know at the SCA New South Wales conference last year, Stephen, you spoke about how our strata managers can deal with difficult clients, with difficult residents and become better communicators. What were some of your tips that you shared at that conference and that you share with your team to help strata managers deal with these tough times? Yeah, it's a great question. And again, I think everyone across all industries is experiencing this. But I think it's one of those things, first and foremost, 
acknowledge that the behaviour is not acceptable and that you don't need to accept it. So I got, and I'm going to give you a plug now, I did get a huge amount out of your podcast, um, Strata Managers Are Not Punching Bags, and I encourage anyone listening, if you're interested in it, go have a listen, because it's a really good podcast. But it's really a multi-layered approach here, I think. You know, first and foremost, as a Strata Manager, appreciate, try not to take it personally. You know, I know it's very difficult when you're on the end of the phone, you know, copying an earful from an owner about an issue that's you know, probably got nothing to do with you. Mm. But just try and look at that. I also think try and put some tools and, and other, you know, blocks in place to really help you. So we spoke about a lot about, you know, what clauses might you be able to put into your agency agreement to help? What bylaws can you put in place? You know, having a communication bylaw or a code of conduct bylaw for the owner's corporation, for the strata committee that the manager can put in place and that the owner's corporation can put in place to protect not only the strata manager, but also the strata committee and those other involved in the management of the building, so a building manager and those sort of things, and really let people know that this behaviour is not to be tolerated. And then if you do you know, get on the end of a, the rough end of the pineapple from an owner, I always should say, look, I'm not accepting this. I'm not going to communicate with you until you learn to conduct yourself in an orderly way that we can actually get you know, this issue done. The last little tip that I'd have for everyone in this, one thing which I don't think we do a lot of in Strata, which I think we should do, is really go back and self-reflect and go, okay, how did my behaviour contribute to this problem or did it in any way? I know, look, anyone who knows me really well, I am the worst person. I used to get into email wars when I was a Strata <laughs> manager. It was just my thing. My ego was just too big. I had to do it and I, I had to be proven right, you know, at the end of the day. As I'm getting older, a little bit more mature, I really reflect and I go, that's probably not the best approach. You know, just getting the win doesn't necessarily mean you get a win. You know, it's really, what can we do to try and get an outcome to this issue? And particularly for the younger strata manager, so what I'm saying here is reflect on your approach and say, okay, what can I do? How can I change? And it could be as something as simple as, instead of me getting involved in an email war, you know what I'll do? I'll pick up the phone and try and talk to this person mm. just to see that we can actually talk through the process. I can understand where they're coming from. They can understand where I'm coming from. And we can often get to a resolution far more quickly by doing that mm. than, again, an endless, you know, backwards and forward, you know, with an email. Again, if he's listening, I hope he is. A shout out to Mike Pollard, who used to be in VJ Ray. Mike used to have a great saying, use emails for confirmation. So don't use them for conversation. Mm. So that is, you know, pick up the phone, resolve the issue, then confirm everything that you're going to do in an email. Because I know, it's, again, we're in the 21st century, everyone loves a paper trail. So use phone calls for conversation, email for confirmation is the other little tip that I'll give to everyone there. Nice one. There are some good tips there. And thank you for putting your hand up there and acknowledging that sometimes the ego can get in the way or in, in the past, we, we all grow and become more experienced and, and better at what we do. Uh, because I do still see that, Stephen. I see that with new strata managers, younger strata managers, and also those more experienced. I Granted, I'm dealing with situations of conflict, of course, but sometimes strata managers, as lawyers do as well, I admit, take a personal view and bring an opinion to a situation where having an opinion does not necessarily best serve their client. So a good reminder there to take a step back and have a look at your own actions and what you might be bringing to a conversation, a communication. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Stephen, at the time we are recording this chat, you have been in the 
President's seat, president of SCA New South Wales for the last few months, taking over from Chris Duggan, who was, as I understand it, the longest serving president in New South Wales. How did all that come about? What caused you, a busy man running a big business, (laughs) to put your hand up and want to step into that role? Oh, look, I had the very good fortune. I joined the SCA board, I think it was in 2017. So I was on the board for four years. And it's been a fantastic experience for me. Um, I really love working with the other board members and also the secretariat. And the reason why I joined, and again, I know this is often said as a bit of a cliche, but I did want to give back to the industry because I think this industry has given me so much and so afforded me so many opportunities. And it is an opportunity to shape the future of the profession. So I was really excited when I joined Chris Duggan and Tony Irvine were sort of putting the nuances together of applying for the professional standards scheme. And so I was very much there with them through that journey of applying for the scheme and seeing what you know we had to go through as SEA to become a recognised profession. And I sit back and admire particularly the work that Tony Irvine did. So Tony was really the architect of it all. So he put together the application and did a lot of the groundwork for it. And Chris did an extraordinarily good job with government to get the word out there that, you know, this is where we wanted to go. And, you know, Chris fostering those relationships with government was a huge help. So we've, you, you've probably seen we've had a lot of support, particularly from the Office of Building Commissioner and David Chandler and those sort of people, which is great. The challenge for strata managers now is to really grab this opportunity, say, look, we are a recognised profession. And so both at a company level and an individual level, it'd be really fantastic for strata managers to increase their own individual professionalism. And part of the SCA goal, and again, we, you know, it's quite coincidental that we're having this podcast now because we only had our strategy day earlier in the week. One of the things that we focused on was very much that, was SCA providing the tools and equipment and training for strata managers at all levels, whether you're a beginner, intermediate or a senior manager, to really upskill you in what you need to become to become a professional strata manager. Mm. So there's a multifaceted approach here, I think. Again, I think it's got to be start with the individuals, you know, on the ground. And any strata manager listening to this, I would really encourage you to get out there and upskill yourself. Look at the resources that SEA provides, even look outside what SEA provides, you know, even those business communication skills and other skills that you need, mediation skills or public speaking skills or whatever it may be that you want to upskill yourself in, I would really encourage managers to do that. And then for business owners and, you know, those executive types in in strata management firms, really look at your internal systems and processes and think, okay, how can we professionalise what we do internally within our office? You know what I mean? So where are the gaps? You know, what, what gaps do we have in our systems? Where can we improve and how can we improve? And again, I've got to stress this, SCA has put together a little bit of a toolkit for strata management businesses and a bit of a a checklist to go, okay, what things do we need to put in place Mm -hmm. to make our businesses more professional? That is going to be a continual journey, I think. And again, it's been one of the things, you know, ever since I've been in strata management, which is now 25 years, it's the one thing, you know, strata managers have often spoken about, we want to become professionals. Well, hey guys, now we are. And now we have to be professional. Mm. That toolkit, that checklist, is that something that's available now that we can share a link for our listeners to check it out? 
Yeah, absolutely. I will um, send that through to Great. you. Most strata managers, certainly um, licensees in charge, would have already received that checklist, but there are other things that we can do. And the SCA Secretariat is there to basically help strata management businesses do this. So I'd encourage everyone to reach out to SCA New South Wales if you're interested in looking at that. And I've got to stress, this was originally formulated by SCA WA. Uh-huh. And it's called a Strata Management Practice Guide. And it goes through a lot of things, a lot of business practices that you should put in place for your business to make sure that you know and I'm talking about things like cybersecurity, insurance, all of those sort of systems and information that you need to really secure yourself in your business and in turn also secure your clients. So uh, it's a really, really good guide. I will make sure that the links to that guide and any other helpful SCA resources are in the show notes for this episode. When I talk about looking at resources, I also look at a podcast like this, you know, from what I understand, it's really only one of the few strata-focused podcasts, and I know I do. Even though I've got 25 years worth of strata management experience, I often go on to your website and look for a podcast for a topic that I'm looking at. It might be a legal topic. It might just be, you know, if strata managers are being bullied, how do we deal with it? You know, that sort of thing. So that is another fantastic resource for strata managers to get into. And, you know, you'll probably kick me for saying this, but Chris Duggan actually alluded to the other day that he often does his Saturday morning gardening listening to your podcast. So, um, <laughs> So you may be in the uh, presidential chair for the next five plus years, Stephen. Is this where the sole focus is on increasing professionalism or have you got other plans for strata managers that you're able to share? No, no, we, we definitely got other plans. I mean, look, one of the things that we identified is that we want to give, or through SCA, give strata managers the tools that they need to also inform their clients. So we do see that there is a big education gap for a lot of strata owners and particularly strata committee members. So we will be looking at developing resources through the SCA that strata managers can share with their strata committees and owners on the complexities of being a strata committee member. So it'll be things like, okay, what liability do you face as a strata committee member? Mm. What do you need to know? How do you conduct a meeting? What are all the rules that you need to follow being on a strata committee, serving on a committee, and what can you do? And more importantly, what can't you do being on a strata committee? So, and I'm sure strata managers face this all the time. We do often come across rogue committees that are, you know, trying to pass bylaws at a committee level or, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to do things that they're simply not empowered to do. And that's what we want to try and get out there, these resources for strata managers and strata owners. So, and again, we'll make that landscape hopefully a little bit easier to navigate in the future. Mm, well, I am looking forward to seeing that roll out. All sounds like important education to be done there. Do let us know, Stephen, how our listeners can find out more about you, about NetStrata and connect with you. And if you have any closing thoughts, go ahead and share. Well, you know, on all the usual uh, social media platforms, obviously the website, just Google NetStrata and you'll be able to find me. My LinkedIn profile, I am an extraordinarily late adopter to social media. So, um, <laughs> that uh, for, me, for many, being a bit of a tech yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. I, I guess it, it's probably reflective of my age and the fact that none of my mates were really on it. So, um, But my LinkedIn profile I have ramped up in the last sort of uh, three to four months. Uh, prior to that, I actually had one of my staff members doing all of my LinkedIn posts. But um, I'm now doing a lot of that and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I'm absolutely happy to grow that network. Please reach out. Generally, I you know do say yes if anyone reaches out to me on LinkedIn to be a, a friend request or whatever it is, <laughs> um, or joining my network. And look, the other thing which... You asked the question before, how can I be president and run a big business? Look, Mm. I'm extraordinarily fortunate in the fact that 
I shouldn't say this, I'm probably going to do myself in here, but Netstrata really runs itself. And when I say it runs itself, I've got a fantastic executive team around me that really help. I'm extraordinarily fortunate. You know, I think it was uh, Henry Ford who said, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with people smarter than you. And I've managed to do that. So um, I've got a really fantastic team around me. So that allows me then to give back to the industry and so forth. I know SCA National are doing a mentoring program for strata managers and people within the industry. I'm currently mentoring, not through that program, but just privately, I'm mentoring a couple of people as well, which I really love because um, I want to see young people in this. In fact, newcomers to the industry really succeed. Mm. So, um, you know, please, in any of that regard, strata managers will know I'm an open book when it comes to NetStrata and what we do. And when I say I'm an open book, I'm happy to show you my business plan. I'm happy to show you my budgets. I'm happy to show you how we do things. I'm happy to show you how we do training. Because again, for me, if we can get this knowledge out there in the industry and, and share knowledge, it's just for the betterment of everyone. So um, that's my closing thought. <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing your experience, your knowledge and your time today, Stephen. I am very much looking forward to catching up with you again in person sometime very soon. And I'll let you get back to that busy business that's uh, hopefully still running itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. No, thank you very much. And thank you again for the invite. It's been really enjoyable. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?